0: morning. Hey, happy Sabbath to you too. It's good to see you. Glad you're able to be here at College Dale Community Church. Welcome to everyone who's here in our building. We also want to welcome those who are watching online either right now, live stream, or later. Glad that each of you are able to be here where we can come together and worship God. It's a joy to be able to see faces that we know and perhaps see a few new smiling faces. And so I want to give you the opportunity right now, as we've been doing recently, uh, to take, take a moment and uh, to smile, welcome someone here. Um, maybe just give them an air five during this time of coronavirus, whatever you feel comfortable doing. But take a moment to welcome someone uh, next to you here to church. I want to invite you to come back to your seats. As you do, you can listen to kind of the murmur happening, perhaps in the sanctuary, if you're here in the sanctuary. It's a good sound, isn't it? It's good to hear happy conversations happening. It's good. You can almost hear the smiles. And so we're so glad that you're able to be here today. Uh, thank you for coming to worship with us. Before we continue with our worship program, there's just a few announcements that we want to make you aware of. First of all, if you're sitting on this side of the stage, it might be a little bit loud today. Uh, This speaker is is not working currently right now, so this one's turned up a little bit. So if you're sitting on this side of the stage, if your hair gets blown back, that's just extra. That's just extra fun for you today. If you're sitting on this side you guys can just imagine the wind blowing through your hair. So it's a little louder on this side today. We'll work through this. Uh, Again, uh, we appreciate our AV team. We probably don't thank them enough for all of the problem solving they do behind the scenes to make things work day in and day out. So I actually wonder, could you guys give a round of applause to our AV team? They have been working a lot to try to enhance how things are happening here at our church. We appreciate you guys so much. A couple of quick announcements as well. we wanted to let you guys know that there's an adventurer induction adventurers is a is a youth group for um preschool and elementary students. It's going to be here tonight at 6. If your child is in Adventurers, you definitely want to be there. If your child's not in Adventurers, you still might want to be there because it's probably going to be the cutest spot in all of college jail tonight to see these little little ones up here uh, inducted into the Adventurer Club. So this is open to our entire church family. If you want to come and support um, some of our youngest members, you're welcome to come here at 6 o'clock. For families uh, who have Adventurers, there's also going to be um, a pizza party supper afterwards but that's going to be just for the families who have little ones in the club. So we wanted to let you know about that. We also wanted to remind you, for anyone who's wanting to enjoy this beautiful day outside with other people in the church, there's going to be a hike at 3 o'clock on the Sabbath Trail. If you don't know where the Sabbath Trail is, come talk to myself or Pastor Greg. We can show you where that's at. It's an awesome time to to be able to get outdoors. I know my family will be there this afternoon, and we hope to see some of you guys there as well. With with that said, um, we want to... Uh, remind you that we continue to provide opportunity for you to worship through tithes and offerings through online giving options. Uh, we really appreciate everyone who's continuing to worship through giving. And if you're here on site, if you want to leave a tither offering and an envelope, you can put them in these receptacles as you're leaving the sanctuary. That's what those are for. Finally, um, you'll see a connect card in the ba- in the pew in front of you, the back of the pew. That's a way for us to connect with you. We like reading the prayer requests that you have, the comments that you have. And there's different options for how you can Um, communicate if you want to get involved with what's happening here on the church. So if you guys have anything that you'd like to communicate, that Connect card is there for you. You can turn it into one of those receptacles as you leave the sanctuary. If you're watching online, if you go to collegesalecommunity.com, you'll be able to use an online Connect card. With that said, we want to invite all who are able uh, to kneel as we invite God's presence to be with us. Our most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you. Well, we don't take for granted the fact that, that we're able to be here to worship you. Some are worshiping you online. They're watching right now from their homes and so grateful for the opportunity to connect digitally with what's happening here. Others are listening to this service uh, perhaps weeks or months later. And it's such a joy to be able to, to be reminded of your goodness wherever we're at in life. And for those of us who are here physically, Lord, what a joy. What a joy to to hear the laughter in the room, to see the smiles, uh, because, Lord, it brings hope. It's so good for the soul to be able to see other people who are united around this single purpose, Lord, which is to bring praise, glory, and honor to you. And so, Lord, we come here today with different things on our hearts. I I look out into the congregation, and I see people who've experienced loss recently. I know there's people who have decisions weighing upon themselves, trying to decide what's best for themselves, what's best for their family. I know that there's individuals who are struggling with health concerns. We're studying, struggling with how to make life work. And that can be so wearing on us, Lord. It can be such a burden. And today, Lord, as we're here, we ask that these burdens can be laid right now at your feet. We lay them there, Lord, because we know that you care. You've asked us to bring our cares to you. And Lord, I know there's others here who have big smiles on their faces. They've had wonderful weeks. They're here praising you. They're just amazed at your goodness. And Lord, we bring our praises to you as well. We thank you, Lord, that you're a God who's with us, not only in the difficult times, but in the good times as well, not only in the valleys, but on the mountaintops of life. And so, Lord, wherever we find ourselves on this journey right now, we ask that you would send your spirit to touch our hearts to come in and to help us as we worship you today. Lord, may we leave this place with a greater understanding of your love and your will for our lives. We ask all these things in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. This time I want to invite Pastor Jim to come up as he has an important introduction. Thank you, Pastor Nate.
1: Adam, you want to join me up here? We have a very exciting thing to happen in just a few minutes here. This is Adam Garcia. Adam would like to be baptized. This is a very special weekend for Adam. Yesterday was his birthday. He is 13 and going on 20. Right, Mom and Dad? So he would like to be baptized. What does baptism mean to you?
2: Well, for me, it's a symbol that I accepted Christ into my life. And just picking my side. All right.
1: Picking God's side. That was one of the things we talked about yesterday. Very exciting to hear somebody say that they've accepted Jesus into their heart. So I'm very excited about that. We have a lot of family here. I invite the family to stand up so we can recognize you. And while they're standing up, we also have quite a few people in Colombia and in Chile uh, watching online. So welcome to you folks and welcome to your family. We're so glad you could be here with us. Friends, friends can stand up too. There we go. And we have some in the back too. You have a lot of people supporting you, young man. All right. He would also like to join our church. Are you sure about that? Yes. Okay. All right. Do I have a motion to accept him into bab- or membership pending baptism? Do we have a second? All those in favor say amen. All right. Well, they want you. So we're going to go back and change. And in the meantime, I'd like to invite Georgia Cumberland Academy's, one of their praise and worship teams called Magnify. So I invite you guys to come on up. And Adam, I'll send you in the back.
2: Good morning, church. Happy Sabbath. Please stand and worship with us. In the darkness we were waiting Without hope and without light Till from heaven desires a deeper relationship with us so let's continue expressing our love by worshiping him
1: warm, I told him it was freezing cold Um, just giving him a hard time Um, before we have our baptism I just want to say thank you so much for GCA, for sending a uh, praise and worship team, I don't know about you but it does something to me when I hear young people wanting to serve God and praise God, there's just something special about it so thank you guys for coming let's have a word of prayer Father in heaven, Lord, we're we're thankful for Adam's decision to follow you. Lord, he loves you with all his heart, and he wants to be within your will. I ask that you would send your Holy Spirit to be with him like never before, and that you would lead him on this journey, and it may be a journey filled with thrills and excitement as he follows you his entire life. We love you, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Adam, because of your love for Jesus and your desire to follow him, it is, my desire, it is my pleasure to baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.
2: Thank you
3: Some of those students got up at 5 o'clock this morning to get ready to be here from Georgia Cumberland Academy. How many of you got up that early to be ready? No? We, uh, we appreciate that they're here. We appreciate that they are uh, singing from their hearts, playing from their hearts, and uh, encouraging us in our worship of God. Before we pray and have our Bible study, I have a very, very important announcement for our church family. We have been blessed. Uh, Last spring and through the summer, we had a small campaign that was uh, blessed, and we raised over $100,000 to give money to families so that they could put their children in our schools and the way that it worked is it's called the Collegedale Community Church grant or CCC grant it's fifty dollars a month we have two hundred children and we raised just over one hundred thousand dollars so just doing it evenly but there are criteria. Number one, if you're a grandparent and you are sponsoring children into our schools, you qualify as long as your children are not members of another Seventh-day Adventist Church. If they are, the the grandchildren don't qualify. If your children uh, are not members anywhere, but you're trying to do that next generation and and help them to come to the Lord, we'll support you in that. If you are uh, a member here and you have children going to a conference-sponsored school, you qualify. And the way that it works is, number one, you must sign up for this. Many of you have not signed up for it. So how do you do it? You go to the Hub and you sign up. Don't ask me how, it's too complicated. (laughs) So what I suggest is you do what I'm doing. Call the church secretary on Monday morning and get signed up. So step number one, you must be signed up as a family, or I'm going to assume you don't need it, you don't want it, and I'll go forward from there. What brought this about is I spent uh, a lot of time this week trying to add up the number of children who were in Sabbath school at least twice each month of August and September. That's the qualifier. You must attend our Sabbath school twice in a month, and we have to have a record of that. So I teach 6th, 7th, and 8th grade, I try to remind them of that every week, but there are some children that just didn't sign up, and when I got to the end, uh, people close to me didn't qualify, and I'm thinking, this money's for you, I I want you to have this money, but you didn't qualify, because when I talked to some parents, well, their children just didn't sign up. that's a problem. And then I was told by some, well, their children were put on quarantine because of COVID. And then, well, what do we do with the Pathfinders that are gone once a month? And what seemed to be a fairly straightforward, simple program with me administering it became very complicated. So here's what we're going to do. We're starting over. Every student qualifies for August and September, you're welcome, <laughs> but starting October, which is today, your children must indicate that they are in one of our Sabbath schools, and you must indicate as a family you want to be on this program. because. At the end of October, I'm only going to deal with the families that have registered. I'm not going to chase 200 people down to find out if they really want to be involved or not. Does that make sense? Is that fair? I'm glad it's fair. We desperately want you to have this money. It's there for you. Please take advantage of it. If you have any questions, you're welcome to ask me what those questions are, and I will seek to answer them. All right, it's time to open the Word of God. But before we do that, let's pray. Father, we live in a very strange world right now. It's extremely stressful very unsettling and we're looking for something solid to hold on to. We believe your word is your word and we believe that you want to teach us and that's our appeal today. We're humbling ourselves before you because you are God And we ask that through your Holy Spirit you will instruct us and lead us in righteous paths. Help us, Heavenly Father, to focus on what you have to teach us today. And by your grace, may all of us hear what you want us to hear and experience what you want us to experience. May we all walk out of here closer to you than when we came in. And may lives be changed for eternity, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Our study today begins in Matthew chapter six. We're actually continuing our series of sermons from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. In chapter six, we'll discover, like the other sections of Matthew, Matthew is very, very organized in the way that he writes. He's thematic, and he puts things in themes, and there are structures to what and how he says things. We are going to look at Jesus talking today about acts of righteousness that are done to be seen by others. So what appears to be acts of righteousness or piety is really not acts of righteousness nor is it piety and he will kind of blow the smoke off that. He will use three illustrations but these three illustrations if you take the principle of it becomes an exhaustive list. It applies in all areas of life. The three areas Jesus chose are charitable deeds, praying, and fasting. There will be a distinct pattern that Jesus will follow in these three areas. There will be a description of false holiness. Then we'll be told what the reward is for that then a description of proper way to do things, and then the promise of God's reward. So let's look at charitable deeds. Matthew 6, verse 1. Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Deeds done before men and the result is no reward from God. Verse two, therefore when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. Now the word reward is sometimes used in economic terms. It means paid in full. And so Jesus says that those people who do charitable deeds before men to be seen by men for the purpose of being seen by men, they have their reward. They're paid in full right then, and their reward is simply man's opinion of them for what they did. That's it. That's what you get. When we go to verses 3 and 4, Jesus says, But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. So when you do this charitable deed, this act of righteousness, do it in secret. You do it in secret, and God will reward you openly. Then Jesus talks about prayer, Matthew 6, verse 5. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. Why do they do it? to be seen by men. What do they have? Their reward is man's opinion of them for watching them do that. We go to verse 6. But when you pray, go into your room and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So prayer Not that it can't be done in public, and not that we can't take a collection, that's all fine, but these things done to be seen of men are not seen by God as an act of righteousness. Prayer should be done in secret and the Lord will reward it openly. We go to the next illustration, fasting, verse 16. Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites, with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. So why are they fasting? Why are they making their face look like they're fasting? To be seen by men. They have their reward. What is their reward? Man's opinion of them, because there they are fasting we go on verse 17 but you when you fast anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting but to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly do you see that pattern Do these things in secret, and God will reward you openly. Otherwise, do them to be seen of men, and you have your reward, which is what people think of you. That's it. Now, this is a fascinating study on a number of levels, and I suppose there's a dozen directions we could go right at this point. But the thing that intrigues me the most is I have never seen or heard or read a good Bible description of what rewards are. I grew up in a church that considered rewards like merits, that what you did that was good, you would be rewarded for in the afterlife but it would be merited to your account in such a way that if you weren't quite good enough it would certainly knock some years out of purgatory as you were transitioning from being who you are into whom you should become. So I grew up with an emphasis on reward. I grew up hearing the saying, you did too I'm sure, they have gone on to their reward. But it's unsettling to me, the concept of reward like that. I really don't like the whole idea of reward, and to be honest with you, I personally cringe at the idea where the Bible teaches. Jesus returns and he brings his reward with him to give to every man as they shall have for what they've done, you know. I think I'm going to be the only person in heaven that doesn't have a reward, because I certainly haven't done anything to deserve any acknowledgement or recognition. So I think, as Pastor Jim described it to me when we were discussing it, be the only one walking around with a ball cap instead of a crown. <laughs> and if you're from Chicago, it'll say bears on it, and that's going to even be worse throughout eternity. <laughs> so, a little uneasy about the whole thing of rewards. So I decided I've got to get this settled because it's a very biblical concept. Jesus is talking about it. What does he mean by it? Is there a blessing for us in this? Is there a motivation beyond the idea of you do that and I'll give you a cookie? So let's take a journey today. Let's fly across the faces of the scriptures, and see reward. The very first mention of reward is found in Genesis chapter 15. I'd like for you to turn there in your Bible. Genesis chapter 15. It's a story about a man who at this time in his life is called Abram. Abram has been following God for 14 years in the Promised Land. He is yet to have his name changed to Abraham. God will do that in the near future. But at this point, it's Abram, and in his life, he has just rescued his nephew, Lot, who is living in the town of Sodom. There were five kings who came down into that region, and they conquered the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah and other cities in the plain there, and word came to Abraham that that happened, and Abraham took 318 trained uh, people from his own camp, and he attacked those five kings and won the victory and brought everybody back. But now Abram is concerned, wow, what is going to happen with other kings and other nation states? Are are they going to rise up against me? Have I just declared myself a warrior? Have I just destined myself to be struck in battle for the rest of my life, stuck in battle? Uh, We go to chapter 15 verse 1. After these things the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. Man, the Bible repeats that over and over to God's people. Do not be afraid. Maybe that's the reason you came today, just to be reminded of those four words. Do not be afraid. But God's speaking to Abram, so let's stay there. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. That means I will be your warrior in front of you. I will protect you. You're going to be okay. But he goes on to say, "Your exceedingly great reward. In this first mention of the word reward, God himself is the reward. Exceedingly great reward. Abram, God says, I am your reward. Whoa! God himself was Abram's reward. There's a few mentions of the word reward as we go through the books of Moses. The next telling one for us comes in the book of Ruth. Just after Judges, and before you get to 1 Samuel, you have the story of Ruth. Ruth was a widow who came with her mother-in-law, who also was a widow. They came back from Moab and came to Bethlehem, and uh, Ruth was doing everything she could to try to get some food for her mother-in-law. She was a hard worker. And in this context, reward is used as a blessing. In Ruth chapter 2 verse 12, Boaz will speak. He says to Ruth, the Lord repay your work and a full reward be given you by the Lord God of Israel under whose wings you have come for refuge. This was a blessing. So he offers a blessing to her in the name of the Lord that that blessing would be this, may God reward you greatly for what you are and what you are doing. It's a beautiful concept. And what happens is she ends up marrying into wealth, and she has a child and she is part of the lineage of Jesus himself. I'd say she was pretty well blessed, but it confuses me. Is that what it means to be blessed by God? I didn't get to marry into wealth. I married into a wonderful family and one could argue well that's better than wealth and I'm sure that it is but they could have been a wonderful family with wealth (laughs) you know what I mean and uh, I'm certainly not going to be in the lineage of of Jesus obviously that's already happened but how, how many people might look at that and say I don't get it all She was doing the best she could in the conditions that she was in, the circumstances that were hers. She was playing the cards that were dealt to her, and she was being noble and grand. And and the end result was, wow! Doesn't that describe many, many, many people? They're playing with the hand they've been dealt. They're trying to do the best they can. They have noble purposes. And yet, next month will be another round of struggle, just like the month before was. Where's their reward? Or is that the type of reward Jesus is talking about? It raises questions. When we go to the New Testament, We find that Jesus speaks about rewards. We read that in our uh, preliminary study, but now we see that He mentions it really, really clearly in Matthew chapter 5 in the section we call the Beatitudes. In Matthew 5, verses 11 and 12, we read this, Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you." It's true that Ruth was blessed here, but Jesus is saying, The people who suffer for his name are blessed now, but also into eternity. Great is your reward in heaven. Now perhaps in the main, that's the type of reward that we're talking about. However, we don't want to neglect the reward that was Abram's, the very presence of God. So you have that. Is it possible to have the very presence of God in your life and to still suffer? Yeah. Is it possible to have the very presence of God in your life and to be languishing on a bed of affliction where you really wish you could just die. Is it possible? And yet God is right there. It's not only possible, it's promised. Not that you'll lie and languish on a bed of affliction, but that you'll never be anywhere without God. You see, God is our reward, and that is His promise that He will be with us wherever we are. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. Great is the reward in heaven. However, what is that reward? What do you want in heaven? What what would really make you excited? I mean, do you want a roller blade on streets of gold? Is, is, that, is that really what it's going to be all about, a, a fancy house? We're not told. We're not told because we can't comprehend what it is. It's too great for our minds. We cannot even imagine what this reward is going to be like. But it meant so much to Jesus, He wanted to make it clear to us that there is going to be a reward, a reward that will make anything we go through worth it. What is that reward? doesn't say. But if we trust Him, we can say, well, He promised. He promised. In Colossians chapter 3, there's another down payment, if you will, on our understanding of reward. Colossians chapter 3, and we'll read verse 23 and 24. It says, And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance you serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, that is something he says very clearly here, the apostle Paul, the reward of the inheritance. In Romans chapter 8 verses 16 and 17, we will look on the screen, It says, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, all right? And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Heirs, heirs, joint heirs with Christ. Do you have any idea? what it means that God has adopted you into his family? Have have you plumbed the depths of that in your thinking? How important that is that God chose you to be part of his family? And because he did that and paid the price for your adoption, we are part of the inheritance the inheritance that Jesus gets. Our sonship, I don't know how, our sonship, according to the scriptures, is on the level of His. I don't know. But that is fantastic. That is out there. And maybe the Bible is saying, look guys, Hold on. Hold on. It's going to be worth it. Keep your eyes forward. Keep moving. You are children of God. You are heirs of God. You are joint heirs with Jesus himself. Now, how important is this idea of reward in the overall plan of redemption? Well, let's go to Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. In Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, it says, but without faith it is impossible to please him. Well, let's interpret it. Without trusting God, it is impossible to please him. That makes perfect sense. This whole issue is about whether we trust God or not. So without trusting God, it is impossible to please God, for he who comes to God must believe that he is. the. All right, he is. How many of you believe God is? Let me see your hands. How many of you trust him? That's where the issue is. Do we believe He is? Okay. Now do we trust Him? He's God, we acknowledge that, but do we trust Him? But it goes on. Do we believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him? Do we believe that? Do we believe it's worth our efforts? Do we believe it's worth our energy to seek Him. Do we believe He rewards? It reminds me of what Jesus said when He said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They shall be filled. God Himself is our reward. God Himself is our Father. We are part of this inheritance in Christ. And God is saying this, look, if you really, really trust me, then you've got to believe that I reward those who seek me. That's the reward that Jesus is talking about. That's what you do in secret, and God rewards openly. It's the very presence of God So it appears we have two choices in the way we live our lives. We can live our lives to be seen of men, and we have that reward. We're seen of men. And what man's opinion of us, that's our reward, and that's all we get. Now, I want to say something that's very, very important, and I hope I'm not misunderstood, and that is living our lives to be seen of men. I have a phone. Most of you do too, and I'm going to assume that every single person I've seen here with theirs out was just looking up the Bible verses. But you know, it's odd how people are living their lives to be seen by men. I was on Facebook for a few days, and then I learned, you know, I really don't care what you had for breakfast. or where you went, or how wonderful your family is compared to mine. What is it that is compelling so many people to live their lives in public like that, to be seen of men, and they have their reward? It's man's opinion. Now let me tell you how damning that can be. Man's opinion can be awful sometimes. Pastor Nate keeps us informed of the struggles that the youth are having these days. They're addicted to this form of communication, and if they're not on it, they feel like they're cut off from their peers, and yet those peers can be the most damaging people in their lives. And it's just this vicious, awful thing. I want to encourage you, look at it this way. What matters is what God's opinion is. So we can live our life to be seen of men, and our reward is we're seen of men. And their opinion of us is our reward. Or we can live our lives of commitment, of total dedication to God in a quiet, powerful way where God sees in secret and rewards openly, and His promises are our reward. What are those promises? I I started to make a list, but you know what? (laughs) They would include these things, but they're not limited to it. How about salvation in Jesus? How about access to the throne of God in prayer? How about the indwelling of the Holy Spirit? How about being adopted into the family of God? How about being never forsaken? How about being never alone? How about all power in heaven and earth in Christ who walks with us? These are just a few. Seen of men, or done in secret, seen by God. Let's read this out loud together as we conclude. But without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So, is there anyone here who wants to say to God, I want to diligently seek you. I want your reward, not man's. If you want to say that to God, I invite you to stand. Father in heaven, We thank you for Jesus, our Savior. We invite him into our hearts. And we pray to live our lives in such a way that we are seeking diligently after you and your reward. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now let's remain standing and join in with the young people on our closing song.
2: I don't want to be afraid I don't want to be afraid I don't want to fear the storm Just because I hear it roar I don't want to fear the storm You are greater than I'm not going to fear the storm, no I'm not going to fear it all, please be still, say the word and I will, set my feet upon the sea, till i
3: Let's encourage these young people in their walk with the Lord. We believe that Jesus will soon return. May we all be found ready to meet him in peace when he appears. Father, please continue watching over these dear, dear people and their families. I pray that your presence would be so real in their lives that their faith in you would be strong. I'm asking that you will hear their prayers and answer those prayers according to your will. We are all praying that you will save our children, our family members, our loved ones, and our friends. We thank you, and we pray to you in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I hope you have a wonderful day. I hope you have a wonderful week. God bless, and go in peace.